Greetings to the PATH family. Our slogan at the PATH is meeting you where you are. We invite you to follow, share, and check us out on social media. You may connect with us at any time, anywhere. On Facebook at The PATH Church or Instagram and Twitter at Join the PATH. Without further delay, enjoy this week's sermon. Alright, the title of our new series is Everyone, Every Day, Every... Yes, yes, yes. Uh, you know, I want to share a little bit why, we, why we're starting to study out the book of Acts and, and pick this series. You know, we're at a really pivotal point for us as a church. We ha- we've had a great year so far. Uh, we started out the year uh, making sure that we got some time to rest. Uh, we took a pause on our small groups. Uh, we just wanted to get replenished a little bit as we got into the new year. We got with leaders um, and up-and-coming leaders, different groups of leaders, and we really talked about, how are you all doing? Thank you for what you have done, um, but how do you see yourself moving forward? What would you like to add to your plate? What would you like to take off, off of your plate? And from there, we really were able to identify uh, where our, our leaders were going to serve and identify our mission group leaders for our new mission groups, geographical mission groups. And so we started our mission groups. Yes, yes. All right. Uh, we got them going. We spent the summer building our relationships, just kind of getting to the groove, right? Hitting our stride a little bit now, I hope. Uh, And that's uh, where we are now, going into this next season as a church. And the fall is always a very exciting season for us here at The Path. So as we go into this new season, uh, we're going to be studying out the book of Acts, like I mentioned, in hopes for every one of us to maximize our impact. As we partner with the Holy Spirit every day to share the gospel every day. I like, I like when y'all finish my sentences. If you know it's coming, just say it, you know. We want to share the gospel everywhere. That's right. During this series, you're going to learn uh, a lot about just everyday disciples. Like you and I, everyday disciples used by God to make an eternal impact. Now, for some, you may have heard this before. Maybe it will be a reminder for others of us. It may be new material, something you have not studied out. But for all of us... It will be a call to action. Amen? It is time, like I said last week, to rally the troops. Amen? And we can't rally the troops just on Sunday morning. All right? So what we're going to do is we are going to make sure that we discuss these topics and these sermons, unpack them in our mission groups. And so for our mission group leaders, we're going to ask you, Will you take some time to pause the topics you're discussing in your groups and, uh, and join the church? Join us uh, together as we're able to talk. And, and really, what we want to do, not just talk about it, but figure out how we can implement what we're learning and hold each other accountable to it. Okay? That's how you start building momentum as a group and as a church. Amen? All right. So we'll, uh, we'll give you discussion questions for that and, and, and get you going. All right? Um, Let's start talking about the book of Acts. The book of Acts, if you're not familiar, is the sequel. We talk about movies and blockbuster summer. It's the sequel to the Gospel of Luke. It was written between 63 and 70 AD, and it picks up where the Gospels leave off. It gives us an accurate historical record of the early church, how it started, and how it spread. And so Dr. Luke 
inspired by the Holy Spirit, he, 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 he writes down this account, this story of how everyday people were empowered by the Holy Spirit to take the good news of salvation to everyone, everywhere. All right, we're going to start in Acts chapter 1 and verse 1, and I'll put it up on the screen for you. Uh, please go back and study these scriptures out for yourself. You need to take a screenshot on something that's up there. Do it and go back and study it out this week. Acts chapter 1, verse 1. In my first book, I told you, Theophilus, about everything Jesus began to do and teach until the day he was taken up to heaven after giving his chosen apostles further instructions through the Holy Spirit. During the 40 days after he suffered and died, he appeared to the apostles from time to time, and he proved to them in many ways that he was actually alive. And he talked to them about the kingdom of God. Once, when he was eating with them, he commanded them, do not leave Jerusalem until the Father sends you the gift he promised. As I told you before, John baptized with water, but just in just a few days, you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. So when the apostles were with Jesus, they kept asking him, Lord, has the time come for you to free Israel and restore our kingdom? He replied, the Father alone has the authority to set those dates and times, and they are not for you to know. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you will be my witnesses, telling people about me every in Jerusalem, throughout Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. After saying this, he was taken up into a cloud while they were watching, and they could no longer see him. As they strained to see him rising into heaven, two white-robed men suddenly stood among them. Men of Galilee, they said. Why are you standing here staring into heaven? Jesus has been taken from you into heaven. But someday he will return from heaven in the same way you saw him go. Then the apostles returned to Jerusalem from the Mount of Olives, a distance and a half, a distance of half a mile. So Jesus is resurrected. He spends time with his people for 40 years days, convincing them that he's really alive, that he is, has not died, and, and he's preaching to them, and he's discipling them, and he's getting them ready, really, for the moment that he ascends back into heaven. Now, my question for you today is this. How do you think the disciples were feeling after Jesus ascended? How do you think they were feeling? All right, they, they spent three years with him. They've already gone through the death right? Being sad, the burial, the hopelessness, the resurrection. So then he comes back, but then he leaves again? And and then on top of that, he's giving them a mission, and he's telling them to be witnesses, not just here, but everywhere. How do you think the disciples were feeling in this moment? Were they discouraged? Man, what are we going to do without Jesus? Were they confused? Like, Man, he went up to heaven. Now there's two angels talking to me. What, what, what am I supposed to do now? Uh, what's the next one? Were they happy, excited about the mission? Were they lonely, feeling like, man, Jesus left us again? It's like, man, we just got him back. Or were they afraid? Were they 
nervous about what was to come. Well, let's look over. Most people are saying confused. Let's look over in Luke chapter 24, verse 50. Let's see what Luke has to say about this moment. Luke chapter 24, verse 50. Then Jesus led them to Bethany, and lifting his hands to heaven, he blessed them. While he was blessing them, he left them and was taken up to heaven. So they worshipped him and then returned to Jerusalem filled with great joy. And they spent all of their time in the temple praising God. No, they weren't confused. They weren't discouraged. They weren't fearful. They weren't lonely. They were happy. They were excited because Jesus had prepared them for this moment. And Jesus says, I'm never going to leave you. Yeah, you may see me leaving you physically, but guess what? You're going to get the Holy Spirit not just with you and around you, but inside of you. So there's no reason to be discouraged. Not now. Uh-uh. They don't work through that. They've been through the, the, the bird, death, bird, resurrection. They've been with them for 40 days. Now it was time to move forward, be happy. See, they, they, it says in, in the message version that they were bursting with great joy. See, the end of Jesus' time with them was also a very exciting beginning. My first point is this. Everyone must move forward. Everyone must move forward. You know, it was deep uh, when Mike and I got a chance uh, to go to Israel. Uh, we went and we visited the Mount of Olives. And uh, I, I never quite realized that the same place where Jesus ascended from, the Mount of Olives, uh, is the same place where he experienced great agony in preparation to be crucified in the Garden of Gethsemane. Uh, so when we went up there, we went and, uh, man, it you know, if, if you didn't know this, which, which I hadn't put two and two together, the Garden of Gethsemane is on the Mount of Olives, right? And so this is the pig of the garden there. It's very moving. You see uh, the olive trees there, a, a beautiful uh, garden. It's deep that he was also buried in a tomb that was in a garden. There's something about gardens and the cycle of life, right? I think, I think there. And so... Uh, you know, it, it hit me that the place, that meant for me, the place of our greatest pain can also be the place where we find peace. Okay? And, and that's the next, the next picture I have there in the garden. We found this, found this tree there where uh, they had spelled out peace. And so uh, after the resurrection, the garden of pain turned into the garden of peace. And, and, and we're not just talking about a peace that, uh, that, that exists in a world where there is no pain, right? We're not talking about that. We'll get that in heaven one day. We're talking about a peace that we can have in spite of the pain, right? A, a peace that comes as a result of knowing that the pain is not the end. And so that's what I believe that the disciples were understanding in that moment. They understood that the, the story was yet to be told. It was still being written that even him ascending back up to heaven, that wasn't the end for them. It was a new beginning. Now, do we believe that the Holy Spirit can do the same for every one of us? That he can take our place of pain and turn it into a place of peace? We should. Because for every one of us, every single Christian, the best is yet to come. Your story, my story, it's not over. 
And God has a way of bringing things full circle. And so many times on the back end, days, weeks, months, years later, we're able to connect the dots in our lives. And God is able to show us that what the enemy intended for evil, he wanted to use for our good. I especially love this next picture because Jesus didn't stay in the garden of pain. After he wrestled things out with God in prayer, he took the exit to fulfill his purpose and therefore make good on his promise to us. But even after he resurrected and returned to the garden of peace, he didn't stay there. That was not his destination. He, he took the exit again to return to be with his father in heaven. He was exalted to the highest place and given the name that is above every name. This happened. They watched it happen. The place where Jesus once bowed low became the place he ascended to the greatest of heights. Do you believe that he can do the same with you? You know, I, I believe that God is telling somebody today, somebody today, it's time to get out of the garden. I think he's been showing you that exit sign. I think he's been telling you, you've been here too long. You've been in your pain too long. You've been in your shame too long. You've been in your guilt too long. Jesus died so you can be free. I think he's showing you an exit sign today. It's time to move. It's time to get up and go. Can I get an amen, church? Some of us have been sitting in disappointment for too long. Just for too long. Disillusion with our lives and with God for too long. And you know why? Because we're not connected to Jesus. We're just not connected. We're not connected to, 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 to his life, to his death, to his burial, his resurrection. And we're definitely not connected to his ascension. The place where the disciples were able to go back and leave that garden. That's what the disciples did. The disciples said, he left. It's time to go. You remember what the angels told them? Why are y'all up here looking? He's gone. Why do you keep staring into the sky? It's over. And guess what they did? Okay, let's go. The angel said, next time you see him, he's going to be coming back. They said, we might as well help as many people as possible before he comes back. It was time to get to work. So they snapped out of it. They returned to Jerusalem, ready to start their mission. Let's see what happens next. We're going to pick up in verse 14, Acts chapter 1 and verse 14. It says this. They all met together and were constantly united in prayer, along with Mary, the mother of Jesus, several other women, and the brothers of Jesus. And during this time, when about 120 believers were together in one place, Peter stood up and address them. So together, they're praying, they're praising, and Peter says, I, I, we got to deal with something. We only have 11 apostles. We're supposed to have 12. We need to go ahead and replace Judas. All right, and, and, and we know what, what we went through with Judas, and now he's in the place where he, he deserves to be. This is what happened to him, but now we got to move forward. So not only individually, but as a group, they decided it's time to move forward. Yes, Judas betrayed us, but so did, so did we. We betrayed Jesus. We disappointed Jesus. I said, okay, it's time to move on. We got to pick somebody else. 
Somebody else has to fill that spot. Some of us have been so hurt in relationships, we've never started new ones. We've never given other people a chance to be who God wants them to be in our lives. Because we're still talking about betrayal. We're still talking about disappointment. We're still talking about all the things they did to us. And they're not even around anymore. But you know where they are? In our head. Living rent-free. Disciples said, listen, it's time. Peter said, I got something to say. We got to move forward. Let's address the elephant in the room. This was big because this was their really, really their first important decision that they had to make together. And so he quotes some scriptures. And uh, in verse 21, let's pick up there. He says this, so now we must choose a replacement for Judas from among the men who were with us the entire time we were traveling with the Lord Jesus. From the time he was baptized by John until the day he was taken from us, whoever is chosen will join us as a witness of Jesus' resurrection. So they nominated two men. Joseph, called Barsabas, also known as Just. That brother had a lot of nicknames. That brother, a.k.a. Barsabas, all of the above, right? And Matthias. Then they all prayed. Oh, Lord, you know every heart. Show us which of these men you have chosen as an apostle to replace Judas in this ministry. For he has deserted us and gone where he belongs. Then they cast lots, and Matthias was selected to become an apostle with the other 11. You know, as I was studying this out, I realized I've never researched what, whatever happened to these guys. You, you don't really hear anything about them before this moment, and you don't hear anything about them after this moment. So we really don't know much about these men. But what we do know is that they were everyday disciples— who had been devoted the entire time. From when Jesus was baptized up until that moment, they had been there, unnamed. Never even referenced. But they were there. And then when called upon, what we do know is that they were ready to step up, to take on greater responsibility in order to meet the need of the moment. My second point, everyone must step up. Everyone must step up. Is that our hearts today? Is it our hearts to say, I'm here, whatever the need of the moment is, I am willing to serve. I worry some of us are holding back. I worry because I know some of us have never done it. Some of us have, uh, maybe we're, we're just learning what it means to be a disciple or to be part of like a real church with the real standard for complete commitment <laughs> for, a, uh, for, for this, the Bible to be the standard of our lives in every area of our lives for healthy one another relationships. I understand some of us are new to this. And so you're learning how to get there. We'll be patient with you. We can be, God is patient. 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 So we understand. You, you may be holding back just because you can still have the excuse, I just didn't know. Well, now you do. You expect everybody to step up and serve, to play their role, whatever that may be. And you know, it works best 
not when we have to chase after you, but when you surrender yourself and submit, say, what, what do you need? Yeah. I had lunch with a brother this week. Before he left, he said, you know what? God put it on my heart. What do you need? I'm here. Plug me in. Pray about it, he said. Pray about it. I said, okay, I will. You sure? Are you sure? You, are you sure? You want me to pray about it? Because I, I know the areas you're gifted and talented at. You know, so, so we, we, will, we will put you to work. Some of us, we just didn't know. And yet some of us have done it and have now started to regress or have regressed for a while. Or maybe we have encountered new seasons of life where it just may be a little harder to see how I can serve other people and the church. Maybe some really hard times, maybe some real challenges that you've been going through. Understandable, God is so patient, love is patient, praise God. But I want us to understand that this is the standard for every disciple to step up and meet the need wherever you can. You may not be able to do what you did before, and you may not be able to do what God has in store for you later. But how can you serve today? How can you step up and meet a need today? Going in the strength you have, as God told Gideon back in the book of Judges. According to, uh, to one tradition, Matthias preached for a time in Jerusalem and was eventually stoned and beheaded. Another tradition claims that he preached the gospel to the barbarians and cannibals in the interior of Ethiopia and was crucified. You shocked? Are we shocked? Most of them were martyred. It it wasn't a game. Some of us think like death is the worst thing that can happen to us. We really act like death is the worst thing that can happen to us as Christians. For a non-Christian, that is the worst thing that can happen. For Christians, it's the best. Oh, we don't want to go there today. I ain't going to go there. Holy Spirit, I... You sh- we understand that as a Christian. There's a battle and tension there, but it's, it's the best. If we understand this whole thing of following Jesus, we understand heaven, we understand eternity and, and what we're doing this for. Now, I don't know what's going to happen to you. I hope you don't die like this. I can't promise anything. I don't know where the world is going. I mean, I, I don't know if, 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 if you step in and get hurt. I don't know if you step in and, 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 and people betray you. I don't know if you, if you step up to the plate and it doesn't go the way you wanted it to go. Maybe we're already feeling that as mission group leaders. I don't know how it's going to go, but let me tell you something. God is pleased. God is pleased. And at the end of the day, what's the most important thing? Pleasing God. Because we're having the heart of Jesus. Amen. Here's the thing. In order for us to fulfill God's purpose for this church, everyone has to be willing to step up. Everyone must step up, whatever it may be, trusting that it's God who nominates you and it's God who chose you. Now, God chose Matthias, but we don't know what happened to Brother A.K.A. Joseph, Barsabas, Justin. We, We don't know what happened to him. 
We don't know why he didn't get chosen. Now, let me say, this is what I will. I love the scriptures. We, we going to, I, went, I went down a rabbit hole, Jazz. This was a rabbit hole for me. I, I want to encourage everybody to read the Bible with holy curiosity. Imagination. Here's what I know about the scriptures. When there is sin, God got to calls it out. In the book of Acts, he calls out a lot of sin. But he didn't call out uh, AKA. He didn't call him out. He, so I gather that he didn't respond in a way that had to be called out. Because that could have been a great learning opportunity, right? But I, I think he just continued to serve. I think he just continued to play his role. Because if he caused drama, it would have been in there. We read about all the drama. If he caused drama, it would have been in there. He didn't cause drama. He kept serving God. And I think that's also what it means to step up. For some of us, it just, it just means to be mature about your role, your niche in the church. Hey, maybe you found that. Maybe you've been doing that consistently. Keep going and be an example to the young disciples that are coming after you. Just be mature about your role. Be excellent at it. And do it with a good attitude. Amen? But this doesn't happen if we're not devoted and united in prayer. I don't think they could have done that. As it said in the beginning of this passage, they were together and united in prayer. They were spending a lot of time together. So there was a lot of trust there. And they were constantly praying. Now, let me just say this. There's going to be plenty of, plenty of opportunities now here at the Path Church off Bolton Road, the hub, as we like to call it, and there's going to be opportunities elsewhere. There's going to be opportunities as we start a new church in Sandy Springs. If you haven't prayed about it, will you step up? Will you meet the need? Are you willing? Amen? All right, so they get ready. Their mission team is ready. It is concrete. They got their 12, and they got a group around them. It's all ironed out. So they were ready for next steps. They were ready for action. Uh, let's pick up here in Acts chapter 2 in verse 1. On the day of Pentecost, all the believers were meeting together in one place. You see that again, right? You see that? You get, you get the trend there? How often they met together? one place together. Suddenly, there was a sound from heaven like the roaring of a mighty windstorm, and it filled the house where they were sitting. Then what looked like flames or tongues of fire appeared and settled on each of them, and everyone present was filled with the Holy Spirit and began speaking in other languages as the Holy Spirit gave them this ability. All right. So this is another little nugget that I did not get before. For some reason, I had in my mind that the apostles were the one who, were, who, who got the Holy Spirit and were able to speak in different languages. But here it says that everyone present, everyone present, not just the apostles, were filled with the Holy Spirit and started speaking in different languages. Point number three and my final point for today, everyone must be present. Everyone must be present. 
I, I, thought, I thought about this. It said everyone present got to this incredible manifestation of the Holy Spirit. Can you imagine if you were the one that slept in that day? It was 9 a.m. It was still early. Can you imagine you were the one that said, no, I'd rather go to work today. I got other things to do today. Can you imagine hearing about what happened? You were supposed to be there, but you were struggling that day. And you missed out on this monumental outpouring of the Holy Spirit that goes down in history for all of eternity. Woo! You know, we, we often talk, you know, in this society about FOMO, fear of missing out. Let me tell you, in the early days, they weren't fearful of missing out on things in the world. They were fearful of missing out on what God was going to do in his church with his people through the Holy Spirit. Some of us are struggling with, oh, I wonder what I could have been doing. I could have been doing that. I could have been doing the world. Oh, man, I'm missing out. I don't know if I want to be a Christian still. It's been a week, a month, a year. Oh, man, look, my friends, we got to switch that thing around. We got to get to the place where, like, man, if we don't show up to church, man, I'm fearful of what's going to happen then. What's going to happen if I'm not present? How am I missing out on what God is doing through the group, but what God will do through me that day and in me? That day, because there is no substitute for showing up. You know, I often think about what would it be like if everybody in the PATH community, all members, friends, everybody who calls the PATH their church home came on one Sunday? I don't know about you, I see different people every Sunday. It's nice to meet you. Have we met before? I I love it. We have all types of people. I know people, man, they became members in the pandemic. They became members through YouTube. They've been watching us. Yeah, I go to the path. I talk to people about the path. They're like, oh, yeah, I know so-and-so that goes there. Do you know him? Nope. Never heard of him. But he may know me because they claim the path. If everybody showed up on one Sunday, we, we wouldn't have enough seats. We'd probably have to have three services. You know that Christians only go to church on the average of like one 1.25 times a month? That's the average? Not even one and a half, I don't think, anymore. Maybe one and a half. They don't even go, twi- tw- they don't even go twice. It's like, I'll go there next Sunday brunch. I'll be back the next one. Maybe if Sunday will come up. And can you imagine if everybody showed up on one Sunday? I guess that's supposed to be Easter. But even Easter, it's like, we may, I think Easter, we may get maybe 70% of everybody who, can you imagine? I'm just saying. Here's the thing. I think we really underestimate the power of a gathered group. We underestimate the power of being present. Some of us, we've been around so long, we just take it for granted. There's been times I've sat in this church and almost wept by the singing, or have wept. I'm sorry. I have tears have come down my eyes because of this room of people, just this room of people worshiping God with all their hearts. The maj- I'll say the majority of the people in this room. It's a powerful, it's a powerful moving feeling. Man, there's times I have, I have come out after preaching and seen the fellowship in here and been like, oh my God, 
amazing. The energy that's in this room when we're all together, united as one, it's powerful. And that's what it's supposed to be like. It's supposed to be that somebody who's never been here before, hasn't been in contact with Christians or the church, is like, wow, this is the church? This is amazing. All of us have something to offer. All of us have something to give. I want to encourage us to be present. We have our men's retreat coming up. The expectation is for every single man who is a member of this church to be present. No excuses. I'm, t- I'm, I'm tired of the excuses. This going on, that going on. If you've been a Christian, but, 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 but this year it's been on the calendar. For the last year, if you went last year, you know it's coming. Stop giving excuses. Money, this, time, this, job, this. You take days off for other things. We travel for whatever we want to travel for. I see it. I'm happy. Me too. But guess what? I'm going to be at the men's retreat. And I'm so inspired. I saw on social media after we challenged, we said, man, get some, even the sisters, get somebody there. Somebody had posted, I can't remember who it was. Somebody posted, hey, I'm willing to pay, I think, for two men who want to go to the men's retreat. A woman in this church did that, said, that's what I want to do. And then we got brothers still worrying about money. You had an opportunity there. Time. Just don't want to be bothered. Brothers, it's time to step up. Because not only do we want to be present, we want to help our friends and family to be present. If you're hesitating about going to this, you you don't quite understand the power of being present for 36, 48 hours together as brothers in the Lord, worshiping God, having great fellowship, and making memories. I think we should think about how will the Holy Spirit manifest itself in that setting? You think, we're, like, what could happen? Like, what, what kind of experience will we have together? What stories will we tell our children? For those, who have, those of us who may have boys, sons, have we already got them going, registered? Hey, come on. Let's show them what it's like to be a man of God. Because they're seeing everything but in the world. You know, for me, I said, I'm just going to start inviting people. I don't know if they're going to come or not. I'm going to do my part. As soon as I got back in town, I said, hey, I went to an event. Um, a friend of mine is, is running for re-election for superintendent. It was her launch party, campaign launch party. I went and saw some colleagues of mine. And I had like three or four deep conversations. And the guys just opened up. We went deep. We're at this restaurant. It's supposed to be a campaign launch event, and, and we have a relationship, so we were just catching up on life. They went deep. The next day, I was going on my prayer walk, and God just put it in my heart. You need to invite them all to the, to the mentor tree. Why? Because of the, the, man, the transformation that can happen in that, in that space, in that place, right? Um, that, that's what I'm doing. Is I'm in conversations. Some, man, I'm, I'm looking. Hey, check this out. Friends and family, check this out. How many text messages have you sent? How many invitations have you? How, how many men in your life just have the opportunity of coming to this? Have you given them the opportunity? That's all we can do, right? But do you really want to go and say, man, I, I never even gave them a shot? I don't, don't want I don't want that for me. We wrap up here. It's not enough just to be here but we need to be present, okay? So not just present, 
present in it. I don't need you to show up. That's a good start. God says, good. Everybody come, good. But as we mature in Christ, we're locked in when we're here. We, we can't get to the place where our worship experience is, is, is moving and inspiring and encouraging. Not this is a me. I'm talking about what happens here. I didn't say nothing about me, whoever's preaching. That's the power. This is the power, right? We can't come in ready to serve, to give, to love up on somebody if we're not present in our time with God before we get here. Too many of us are showing up. When, this is the moment where I get encouraged. Well, how are you going to encourage somebody else? This is the moment I get fed. You need to be fed. You need to have breakfast before you come, spiritually and physically. Amen? So as we meet together, and not just on church on Sundays, I'm talking about as we meet together in our mission groups, be present and be present. As we get together for lunch or coffee or, or we start getting into our journey series and studying the Bible with our friends, don't just show up, but be present. And man, we will be blown away by what God will do. Um, we're going to go ahead and take communion at this time. And this is like the most important moment to be present this morning. As we take the time to remember Jesus, as we take the time to remember what he's done for us, and make sure that he's still our motivation. get a chance to celebrate the death, burial, resurrection, and the ascension. Let's go ahead and pray. Dear God, we come to you um, in humility, first and foremost, asking um, that you forgive us for the areas we've fallen short, Lord God. God, please make clear the areas we need to repent. And I pray that every single one of us can take something from what you have shared through me today and use it to become more like your son, Jesus Christ. We thank you for all that he went through for us. That we not only have to ask for forgiveness, but we can actually be grateful for the forgiveness you've already promised to us. And that not only can we celebrate his death, burial, and resurrection, but also the ascension that he is up with you at your right hand, cheering us on, being a mediator on our behalf. And we thank you so much for the Holy Spirit, that gift, that presence, that allows us to be present with you and with one another as we seek to spread the good news everywhere we go. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening to this week's sermon. New sermons are uploaded each Monday morning. Simply search The Path Church Atlanta in iTunes, Spotify, or your favorite podcasting service. Additionally, we greatly appreciate your feedback on iTunes. If you would like to learn more about The Path, we encourage you to visit www.thepath.church. We hope to fellowship with you soon.